So normally we try to keep this shir to actual shilas that I was actually asked, but I, I'm on a little bit of a Rav Usher Weiss high right now, so I want to do shilas that Rav Usher Weiss was asked instead of ones that I was asked. Last night I attended a shir in there, right? I attended a shir in Woodmere. Rav Usher Weiss, Rav Usher Weiss gave uh, spectacular, absolutely spellbindingly spectacular shir. A number of uh, fascinating chidushim halacha lemaisa, but now is not the time for that. There will be time before Pesach, maybe to discuss some uh, some inyani Pesach. But uh, I was just uh, I, I have access to a tshuva that is not yet published that I thought was very fascinating, having nothing to do with the time of the year that we're in right now. Let's start with the following shaila. This is not what the tshuva is on, but we'll start with the following shaila. Also, a different shaila of Ashwais was once asked. There was a person who was suffering from dementia a 92-year-old man. And as these things go, I don't know if you've ever had experience with people suffering from dementia, it sometimes uh, ebbs and flows, you know, it uh, waxes and wanes, you know, sometimes a person has great clarity on certain things and no clarity on other things. It could be very, very challenging. And uh, the person, uh, what the doctors had said that this, this elderly gentleman has to eat on Yom Kippur. Must, must eat on Yom Kippur. Great, so they tell the person, listen, you have to eat on Yom Kippur, doctor's orders. The fellow says, no thanks. No, not interested. I don't want, don't want to eat on Yom Kippur. No way, I didn't, uh, you know, I was, I was once listening to a shir from Rav Salvechik. There are very few shirim that I've actually heard that are of good quality uh, audio. The, the Torah is always of good quality, but the, uh, the audio is good quality from Rav Salvechik. I was listening to a shir once, and he was saying how, um, he was saying that, that he, he doesn't know what he would prefer, having to eat on Yom Kippur or just dying young, rather than having to face a situation where he has to eat on Yom Kippur is like startling to, to hear. So, you know, someone like this says, I, I'm n- no way I'm not eating Yom Kippur. So they, they figure, okay, he has dementia, so, you know, he doesn't know what day of the week it is ever, so we'll just tell him it's not Yom Kippur, and it'll be fine. So they go and they bring him some food, and he says, wait, it's Yom Kippur. So they say, no, it's not. It's not Yom Kippur. So he says, okay, eat with me. <laughs> Pretty good, right? So he, he had that kind of clarity to say, eat with me. So now you have a shayla. Are you allowed to eat with him? The only way to get the Cholashesh Vosakar to eat is for you to eat. So you let to eat with him. So that's uh, Shaila number one. Now, Shaila number two, and we're going to answer Shaila number two first and then come back to Shaila number one. Shaila number two, Rav Asher Weiss was asked by someone in South Africa, a Rav in South Africa. I don't know how familiar you are with what goes on in South Africa. It is a... Uh, there, there, there are parts... It is, it is a crazy place. There are some, there are some like, very, very scary things that happen. You need to, you know... When you are outside of your Daleramos, you need to just, like, if you're driving, don't stop. You don't stop at traffic. You just go because you stop, you get carjacked, and you get It's terrible. So the, uh, the public hospitals in South Africa, from what is described in this uh, Shaila, at least, are, um, are, are pretty scary places. And most Jews, not most Jews, every Jew that lives in South Africa will go to a private Jewish hospital or private... A hospital, not to the public state-run hospitals. Apparently, the public state-run hospitals are the kinds of places where, like, if, if you walk in the door, you get AIDS. I mean, it's like uh, it's 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 a uh, scary, scary place to to be in the public hospitals in South Africa. So they passed a law that if someone wants to work as a paramedic, um, it is necessary to do three months of training, seven days a week 
in the public hospitals in South Africa, in the state-run hospitals in South Africa. Now, the Jewish uh, Hatzala organization, I don't know if it's called Hatzala there, I think it is, um, they, need, they need people. They need people who are qualified, but it's illegal to work in Hatzala without going through this training. So their shaila is as follows. You can go through three months of training, being Machal Shabbos every single Shabbos, knowing that there's not a single Jewish chola that you're helping along the way for those three months. Why? So that one day you will be trained, and in six months from now, when there's an emergency on Shabbos, you'll be able to respond to that emergency on Shabbos. This is very different than a doctor working in a hospital in a typical situation for two reasons. First of all, a doctor working in a hospital is already a medical professional who's capable of helping people. This is talking about people who are not yet trained. This is their training. Second of all, a doctor working in a hospital there's, is allowed to treat everybody because there is that eva. There's, uh, you, you want to treat the chalei Yisrael, so you treat the chalei akum im chalei Yisrael, and uh, otherwise it would create a very, very terrible situation. But in this situation, no one asked you to be there. They don't want you in the hospital, it's for your own good just so that you can become a trained paramedic, but like they don't, they don't care if you don't come to the hospital and don't go through this training and there is no Chalei Yisrael Im Chalei Akum, it's all Chalei Akum so is one allowed to go through three months of Chil Shabbos because maybe in the future, at some point going to be, there's going to be a Pikuach Nefesh situation that was the shaila that they sent to they sent to Rav Asher. So it is, it is not yet a published shuvah. Last night was the first time I ever heard him. He always quotes himself. Rav Asher always quotes. It says in Minchas Asher here and Minchas Asher there. So last night he said, it says in Shuvas Minchas Asher, Chela Gimel, don't go home and look this up because it hasn't been published yet. Another few months, they only have two halakim out so far. I was just telling someone before, he's trying to keep ahead of Rav Sachs. It's very hard. He's, uh, he just published his 27th safe, but it's Rav Sachs up to like 25, something like that. I don't know, I don't know, I didn't count recently, but it's a lot, it's a lot. I once piled them all up on my desk to see whose pile is higher. Uh, Rav Asher has bigger words, I think. So. Uh, anyway, so, the, the, um, the, the, so this is the Shiloh that he was faced with. So he says, look, uh, what, what both Shilohs really boil down to is how far do we stretch Pikuach Nefesh? How do we consider Pikuach? What if Pikuach Nefesh is a situation where there, there's no one whose life is threatened right now? These guys working in the hospital, who's the chola? Who's the Jewish chola that, uh, that they're going to say is Pikuach Nefesh? There's no one. It's in six months from now that there might be, but it's in nothing right now. Or in the case of the, uh, of the fellow on Yom Kippur, there is a chola right here, right now, but you're not really doing something that's directly saving him. His eating saves him. Your eating doesn't really save him. It's a very indirect way. So how direct does Pikuach Nefesh have to be and how immediate does Pikuach Nefesh have to be in order to be Matar Pikuach Nefesh? So Rav Asher starts Tshuva by saying, L'chora, the Nodbihuda, L'chsam Sofer, already Sagar Lanu Esadelas, they already closed the door on the Shaila, and based on what the Nodbihuda, L'chsam Sofer write, it's going to be Asr. Why? What did Nodbihuda, L'chsam Sofer write? They both discuss a case where you will have to violate some Isr when there is no Chola here to be treated but because of a concern of future cholim, and they both say you cannot violate an iser for a concern of future cholim. No, the view of this case was as follows. Someone um, died, I think it was a, I think it was gallstones maybe, or something like that, 
and they wanted to know if they can do an autopsy because if someone else presents with the same symptoms, what they discover, what they find by doing the autopsy may be helpful in treating the person that comes in with the same symptoms. Is there someone there with the same symptoms? No. Will someone come with the same symptoms? Maybe. But right now there's no one there. Will they find something when they do the autopsy? Perhaps. So it's a p- potentially they can find life-saving information if there is another life that ever needs to be saved. They might find that information by doing this autopsy. Another you know, says nothing to it. You could do it if there's a sick person right in front of you. You could do it. You cannot do it. Now that idea of is a very important idea in halacha when it comes to organ donation, when it comes to things, things like that. Um, the idea of doesn't mean he's right in front of your face. It means you can identify there is a chola. And this chola needs it. Nowadays, the chola could be in a different state. A person could be awaiting a, uh, an organ in, in New York and the, 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 uh, the person riding the motorcycle, that's, what, that's where all the organs come from, is from, they call it in hospitals, they, they call them donor mobiles. The, uh, the person, because... Right, you understand, right? So, a person riding the the motorcycle, who uh, whose whose organs are now ready to be harvested, they're now ready to be to be, uh, is in a different state, is in California, and they'll put it on ice and bring it bring it to New York, and that's called chalavnech because on the registry you're able to identify there there's that person that needs the organ. That's the concept of chalavnech is that you're able to identify the chala. Where it gets interesting is what if statistically there will always be a chala. But there's no actual, you can't identify who it is. But you know, statistically, every five minutes there's another, there's another chola. So that chola is uh, happily riding along in his motorcycle right now, having no idea that he's gonna, you know, that he's even a chola, because he's not really yet. But by the time uh, it all, so that's, that's, uh, that, 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 that opens up a whole different interesting question. But the Nodavida says, if there's chola fanecha, good. If there's no chola fanecha, I don't care what kind of future possible potential chola, irrelevant. Some sofer, a similar discussion in Yerodeus and Shin Lamed Vav, not about doing an autopsy, some suffer uh, for, for someone who suffered an illness, but rather someone wanted to donate his body to science so that doctors can study his body so that they could treat, who knows what they could treat, who knows what, they, what sort of scientific knowledge they can glean from, uh, from opening up his body. So the person wants to know, can he do that? It might, it might save a life. Some Sofer says, no, absolutely not. Can't do it, can't save a life. So Lechora, it would seem, that in our case of these, uh, these uh, paramedics in South Africa, who's the Chola? Who's the Chola Lefanecha? It's six months away from a Chola Lefanecha. You can't uh, be Mechal Shabbos now, because there's going to be a Chola Lefanecha in six months from now. So Lechora, Sagar Lanu Esashar, we have no, no, uh, no heter. However, Rav Asher says, if you look a little deeper, it seems that the Nadvud and the Chsam Sofer are not necessarily going to pose a problem for us over here. Because there is a Chazanish in Yerodeus Simresh Ches, Ozayin, where the Chazanish writes that the Chilik is not really whether Isa Kaman or Lesa Kaman, whether the Chol is here, the Chol is not here. The Chilik is, Imotsoi Hadava, is it a common thing that's going on? Is there a situation? an ongoing situation that's happening right now that needs to be addressed. For example, let's say there's a war going on. Are you allowed to produce weapons on Shabbos? There's a war going on. You're living in a country that's, 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 in, that's in the middle of a war. Can you produce weapons on Shabbos? So what are you, Taina? Look, can you keep the munitions factories open on Shabbos during a time of war? Pashtas, yes. 
There's a war going on. It's pikuach nefesh. Now, there will always be wars. Right? Until you must Mashiach. There's always going to be wars. Until the Garza Avim Keves, God willing, will uh, be able to live in peace and will, you know, uh, every Miss America will get her wish that for world peace or whatever. You know, the, so, so, till that happens, there will always be wars. So there's no war going on right now, let's say. Can you keep weapons factories open on Shabbos? Never know. It's going to be a war. It's going to be Pikuach Nefesh. So of course not. You can't, you, you can't look at it. There's no situation that's happening right now that needs to be addressed by these weapons that are being produced. Says Chazanish, that's the Chilik. The Chilik is, is there an ongoing situation? Needs to be, it doesn't need, need to be that you, can, you have to point to the Chola. How common of a problem is it? How serious statist, statistically of a problem is it? And is it a problem that's, that we're actually faced with? Now, in the case of the Nodib Yehuda, there is no Chola. There is no outbreak of this disease that we know of. There's nothing that actually has to be addressed. It's, it's all speculative. Maybe somebody will come into the hospital tomorrow with the disease. In the case of the Chassam Sofer, I just want to donate my body to science. Who knows? Maybe you'll find something that will cure some disease someday. It's not addressing any known problem. But in the case in South Africa, you have people who need Hatzalah because apparently the state-run ambulance service is not sufficient, it's not adequate, it does not address people's needs, it does not get people to where they need to go in a timely fashion. So this is a, an ongoing situation of Pikuach Nefesh. Can you point to the guy whose life you're going to save? No, you can't. But this is an ongoing situation that needs to be addressed. So maybe according to the Chazanish, and the Chazanish may not even be arguing on that view, they may be touching up the other view this way, According to the Chaznish, maybe it would be it would be permissible. Furthermore, he says there are three major differences between the case in South Africa and the case of the Nodbiuda. Difference number one is when you're doing a, a an autopsy, you don't know what you're going to find, or if you'll find anything helpful. It may turn up nothing. When you send people for paramedic training, you know that you'll end up with paramedics. You'll end up with people. That's what they used to uh, Rav Stav and Karen Biavni used to tell us. That there are certain things you know for sure. If you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school, you study the books that they tell you to study, and if you do well, you study hard, after three years, you're going to be a lawyer. If you want to be a doctor, you go to medical school, you study exactly the books they tell you to study, exactly how to study them for four years, four years later, you'll be a doctor. He said, if you go to yeshiva for five years, you study exactly the books they tell you to study, exactly how they tell you to study them, five years later, you'll be an Amaretz. <laughs> he used to tell us we should uh, not just always go with exactly what the yeshiva was, uh, was doing, but sometimes uh, to, to aim higher, maybe, uh, a little bit. But anyway, but that was the, uh, I don't know why I just thought of that. So you, but you send a guy to, for paramedic training, three months later, you're going to have a paramedic. You, you know that you're gonna, there's a known result over here. That it's nivel mace, you're not allowed to uh, cut open a Jewish body, unless it's pikuach nefesh. Because it's nisidar raisa, but it's nisidar raisa for pikuach nefesh with dochali suretara. So if there's an actual chol lefanecha that you saw that there's an outbreak of something, and this guy died of that disease that that guy is right now suffering from, so then for sure you could do the autopsy to to deal with it. Sometimes is not there a matter for autopsies for forensic reasoning? So therefore. Uh, so that, that's also a Bikach Nefesh situation. Meaning if, you, if it's a matter of there's a murderer on the loose and, and doing the autopsy is going to, is going to help you find, find the murderer, so that, that's Bikach Nefesh. If there's someone, there's someone out there. Um, 
the second difference is that the even if you do uh, you, you, you do the autopsy and you find information, you don't know that another chol is coming in with those same symptoms. But when it comes to paramedics, paramedics deal with emergency situations. Emergency situations are a constant and it's a vadai. It always happens, happens all the time, it happens on a consistent basis. All you have to do is daven in any Orthodox synagogue in the New York area, and there are at least five people that have had solar radios, and you hear, you hear, it happens. There are emergency situations, happen all the time. Thank God there are, there are people that are, that are ready to respond to these kinds of things, because they're always happening. And the third, third difference is that, in the case of Nadi Behuda, if there's really some sort of outbreak, or this, this guy really has something that tomorrow a non-Jewish body might come in that you'll be able to, uh, to examine. Meaning, uh, it's not, it's not, this isn't your only option. You have, you have the option of doing this with non-Jews also. A non-Jewish doctor might do it, and a non-Jewish body might be available. So the, the, this Jewish body is not your only option. Whereas, in the case in South Africa, having Jews prepare for this is your only option. Having Jews prepare their own, do their own, uh, their own Hatzalah organization is your only option for a timely response to these kinds of Pikuach Nefesh situations. So that's, that, those are, are, are Hilukim between the Nodibiyut. Now, going back to our original, our original Shaila, how removed can it be in order for something to be, to be called Pikuach Nefesh? Meaning all we've proven so far is that the Nodibiyutus Chumra is not going to apply to us. That this is much more uh, direct than the Nodibiyutus Chumra. But it's still not direct. Meaning it's still somewhat indirect. You still don't have the chol in front of you. It's still six months away. And certainly in the first case, with the, uh, with the clever 92-year-old dementia patient who is able to tell you, you sit down and eat with me. I mentioned this. I just spoke in a shul in England this past Shabbos. So many, I, 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 I accidentally said this year, long story, but the, the, uh, the, uh, someone came over to me and he said to me that his father was in a nursing home and the father, the, the nursing home had very questionable kashras. I didn't ask any kashas why your father was in a nursing home with questionable kashas. But the nursing home had very questionable kashas. And his father needed to eat, and the only way to get his father to eat was to eat with him. And they didn't allow outside food. So what do I do? Mamash, same, same shayla. It wasn't Yom Kippur. It was eating questionable kashas. I said, you know, sometimes people ask about questionable kashas, and it's like, you know, especially like we get shaylas sometimes from uh, Israel. What's your questionable kashas? Meanwhile, it's things that I would eat l'chadchila. You know, it's like uh, the OU, questionable kashas. You know, like, <laughs> it's okay, you can, you can eat it. So, uh, no, but this person said, well, there's definitely no mashkiach on premises. Um, the food they order is all kosher, but there's no one that turns on the fight. Meaning it's a guy doing all the cooking. So it's really questionable. It's not questionable. It's like, it's, it's real problems. Real definitely surmit rabbanan, at least, that are going on. With the kasha, so very similar. Shaila, can you violate that iser? So it's not direct. You're not. Your eating isn't treating his his illness, but it's it's somewhat indirect. So Rav Asher has this fascinating idea where he says that it can be indirect. Indirect is also also counts as pikuach nefesh. And he says, I have rayas from three places in shas, and this is this. I like to use this as an example. Of this became one of my new favorite examples of what it takes to paskin halacha that a lot of times people think, I'll be able to pass on halacha in Hilchos, pick an area, Shabbos, if I study, well, Shabbos is, is such a big avoda anyway, no one thinks that they'll be able to pass on so easily. Hilchos Natila Yadayim. If I study Hilchos Natila Yadayim really, really well, 
and I go through the Torah of Yosef, the Shulchanarach, the Mishabura, in Hilchus and Tilas Yedayim, if I go through it really well, I'll be able to pass in Halachas, complicated Shilas that come up in Hilchus and Tilas Yedayim. But, if all of your Torah knowledge is only in Hilchus and Tilas Yedayim, and you don't have an idea of how Torah works outside of Hilchus and Tilas Yedayim, and you don't have a broad range of Yedias to apply to be Medama Milsa the Milsa, something's going to be missing. From the Psakalach. We should be very cautious of people who expertise in an area is wonderful, as long as the person is well rounded and has a general broad knowledge. But if a person has only studied one area of halacha really well, I was talking to Rav Willard once about uh, a group like this that's makbid to study a specific area of halacha really, really well. And uh, a lot of the people that do it don't really know much about other areas of halacha. Rabbi Willick said to me, if a person doesn't know what a svek sveka is, they cannot paskin a halacha. This is a davar pashat, right? If you don't know what a svek sveka is, you can't paskin a halacha. They could have studied hilchos netilis yadayim really well, but if you don't have a broad knowledge of, uh, of, of how halacha works, you don't know what a svek sveka is, you can't paskin a halacha. So here's where Rav Asher sort of flexes his shas muscles a little bit. He says, Okay, you're asking me, Shailin Hilchus Pikuach Nefesh and Hilchus Shabbos. I have three rights that Pikuach Nefesh can apply in, uh, even when it's indirect. Number one, a Gemara in Baba Kama. Number two, a Gemara in Psachim. And number three, a Gemara in Sanhedrin. Which one of those would you have looked in to find Pikuach Nefesh and Shabbos? <laughs> so Ravashi says, and, and listen to the Gemaras. The Gemara in Baba Kama. Chazal tell us in Babakam Pegimlam and Aleph that even though there's an Isra to get a certain type of non-Jewish haircut, those who are Karav Lamalchus are allowed to get a non-Jewish haircut. Okay. This non-Jewish haircut is a violation of Bukhukoseim Lo Selechu. It's always striking to me the, the formulation of the Rambam in the beginning of the 11th paragraph of Hilchazavodis Kachavim, where the Rambam describes the idea of Bukhukoseim Lo Selechu, and he says that just like Kishem, just like Jewish people are different from our non-Jewish countrymen in the way that we think and in the way that we believe and what drives us and what motivates us, so too we have to look different, we have to get different haircuts, wear different clothing, etc. We have to be distinguishable in other ways, in physical ways as well. I always love that formulation because the Rambam makes an important assumption over there. He assumes just like, obviously, a Jew thinks differently and a Jew is motivated differently, Obviously, so too is dressed, dressed differently, etc. So one of the things is Jews not allowed to get the non-Jewish haircut. What exactly is the non-Jewish haircut? So it's some combination of shaving on the sides and growing long on the top or in the back or something. Some combination of uh, you know of things. So uh, the Beis Yosef in Yaradea says, I don't understand. If you're Karov Lamalchus. I want to work in government. I have aspirations to be a congressman. No one has aspirations. I have aspirations to be a senator, right? I want to work in government. So I'm going to get, so I'm allowed to violate Isurim Daraisa. So I'm allowed to eat cheeseburgers because, uh, you know, you have to go and uh, kiss babies and uh, whatever at the local McDonald's or at the local whatever. So I'm allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do it just because you want to work in government. Asks the base safe. Says the Beis Yosef, "Yesh lomer de mishumat salas Yisrael yesh koach biyadam lahatir." For hatzalas Yisrael, it's mutter, because when there are Yisraelim krovim lemalchus, 
When there are Jews that are Krovim Lamalchus, should it ever happen that this friendly government ever decides to pass an anti-Semitic decree, it's important to have Jews well-placed in government to see what they could do to try to, you know, every once in a while having an Esther Amalka is going to be useful. Should it happen that a Haman comes and decides that we're going to wipe out the Jewish people? She, 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 when she went into Malchus, when she went into government, there was no Haman wiping out the Jewish people. That only came later. But it's important to have well-placed people to address these issues. So let me ask you, you're living in America in 2016. There are no anti-Semitic decrees. As much as people try to touch up this, that, the other, there are no anti-Semitic decrees. So we're allowed to violate Isurim do Raisa for Pikuach Nefesh when no one's life is being threatened. We don't know if anyone's life ever will be threatened. But it's Pikuach Nefesh. So we're allowed to violate Isurim do Raisa. That's Raya number one. It could be very far-fetched. It's still called Pikuach Nefesh. Raya number two. Psachim Pechesim Beis. We're within Shloshim Yom. So why do you need Shloshim Yom to study Hilchas Pesach? How long does it take you to study uh, how big a Kazayas Amatza is? I don't know. Well, that could actually take a long time. That's a bad example. <laughs> One of Rav Asher Weiss's great chidushim last night was that a Kazayas is the size of an olive. It's a very big chidush. A lot of people do not assume that way. Most, most assume it's uh, much, much bigger than an olive. He said, you want to eat a Kazayas Amatza? I have a piece of matzah about the size of an olive. He says he personally is makbid for Shir Chazanish. But, uh, the, uh, but he, he make a bracha achrona, he said, when he eats a piece of anything the size of an olive, that he'd be willing to make a bracha achrona. So he's willing to risk, that meaning, make radin. That's not, it's not a bracha levatala. He's willing to say a bracha on that. So, kazayas matzah. It's one of my pet peeves. Person shows, uh, it, I always thought the chumras with the sheer kazayas is a big problem because it discourages people from eating a kazayas matzah. You have the one yeshiva bachar at the table who's stuffing his face with 18 uh, hand shmuras <laughs> and in order to, to swallow them all at one time and everyone else at the table says, I don't know what the mitzvah is, but I'm not doing that. So they'll just like nibble on a little piece of something and they won't, uh, they won't even try for a kazais. So it's kedayin, a reasonable shirim of a kazais so that people could see that there's, you know, let the yeshiva bachar have his chumras, but you know, there's uh, a, normal, a normal kazais. Anyway, so within Shloshim Yom, but the real reason you need Shloshim Yom, this is first Bira Lach and Pesach, discusses whether Shloshim Yom is only done in Pesach or is done in the other, the other Yom Tovim as well. Because the Gemara doesn't say it by the other Yom Tovim. The Gemara Megillah Lam Beis says that we're in Yonah Shloshim Yom by all the Yom Tovim. We learn Hilchus Chag B'Chag, Hilchus Tzeres Pat Tzeres, Hilchus Pesach B'Pesach, but in Pesachim, when in the beginning of the first part of Pesach, where it talks about Shloshim Yom, it only says by Pesach. Why? Why does Pesach need more time? The Mesechta is this thick. That's why it needs more time. Why is the Mesechta this thick? Because half of it is about the carbon Pesach. So there's a lot of halachas about carbon Pesach. And we're going to need to study these halachas, because it's going to happen. We're going to have carbon Pesach very, very soon. So the Gemara Pesach and Pechesem base tells us, You know this halacha, you need to be registered on your carbon Pesach? You can't just uh, show up. Oh, call Ditzrich Yesev Yifsach. Whoever wants to come, share a carbon Pesach with me. Against the Halach. Can't invite someone on the Seder night to share your carbon Pesach with you. That's one of the major caches on the Haggadah, right? And it's against the Halacha. Once you have carbon Pesach, you can't invite people. It's too late. They have to be minuyin al carbon. They have to be registered at the time of the Shechitas HaKarban. Can you register on two Karbanos? 
Remember the old commercials? Maybe I'm too, I'm much older than you, but you'll remember. The, the old commercials, stovetop stuffing. Hey, Bobby, what you having for dinner tonight? Oh, Mom, what are we having for dinner tonight? You know, you compare and see which one. So you get registered in two carbonos, see who makes it better. And you see which one you're going to want to have. Says the you're not allowed to do that. But there was a story of a melech and a malka, a king and a queen, that both told the, their avadim, go and shech the Karm Pesach for us. And they shechted shnei pesachim. So they registered the king and the queen on two korbanos Pesach. So they asked the melech, what do we do? The melech wisely said, ask the malka. Gotta ask the boss. So they asked the malka, what do we do? She wisely said, do I look like the rabbi? Ask Rabbi Gamliel. So they asked Rabbi Gamliel, what do we do? He said, Malko melech de daitan kala alein yochle min arishon. Anan lo nochalo min arishon v'lo min If it were to happen to anyone else but a king and queen, we would not be, they're both possible. We wouldn't be able to eat from any carbon Pesach. But a king and a queen, they're allowed to eat from the first carbon Pesach. So the Rambam, when he explains his din, he says, why? Mishum shalom malchus. It will be very disappointing to the king and queen to go back and they, you know, they, they say to their Eved, did you shech the Korban Pesach for me? Yeah, we shech the two Korban Pesach for you. No, so what did the Rabbi Paskin, which one should we eat? Sorry, you can't have any. It will be very disappointing for them. We can't have any Korban Pesach. So for Sholem let's make the king and queen feel better. Let them eat it. But the halach is, you're not allowed to eat it. Ah, okay, let them eat it. Now, this king and queen that we're talking about. Why is it so important to make them feel good? What? Oh, well, one second. They have to be Jewish. Right? It's Korban Pesach. So it could be David Melech Yisrael. And if we shech the two Korban Pesach, we're David Melech. Let him eat it. Because keeping the king happy is that important. It's Pikoach Nefesh to keep the king happy. That's the way the Raman says, that's the way Kazimish understands. Now, it, it has to be a Jewish king. That's the story at the beginning of Masech Pesach, the Gemara tells the story of the guy. There was a guy who, who used to brag, you know, it's, forget about Masech Pesach, it's a Pasuk. Kol lo A non-Jew is not allowed to eat Karm Pesach. The Gemara happens to tell that fascinating story of the guy who used to go bragging to Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra, hey, guess what? I get to bring Karm Pesach every year and they, you know, I just put on a yarmulke, I put on a, you know, a Yankee cap and they think I'm Jewish and I, and I, get, I get to bring Karm Pesach every year. And they, they're not on to me. They have no idea that I'm not really Jewish. So Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra says to him, did they ever feed you the, the alium, alium, did they ever feed you the fatty tail of the animal? And he says, no, <laughs> they must be on to you then. Uh, that's why they're not giving you the good stuff. Now, the Aliyah is the Mizbech. The Aliyah doesn't get, doesn't get eaten. He was tricking him. So he said, the next time you go, go ask them for the Aliyah. See if they're willing to feed you the tail. So the guy goes and he asks, can I have the tail? And they say, who told you to ask for the tail? And they said, Rabbi Dume. He said, Rabbi Dume, chief rabbi of Nitzivan. He's the one that told me to ask for the tail. So they say, wait a second. Rabbi Dume knows how to learn. That's, that's, this doesn't make sense. So why would he tell you to ask for the tail? So they look into his yichus, they find that he's, uh, that he's a guy and he's been fooling them this whole time, and they kill him. Okay, a lot of kashas. Kasha, why is Chayv Misa, right? Why did they kill him? Kasha, why in the world wasn't Rabbi Dibam coming to bring his own carbon Pesach? Why wasn't Rabbi Dibam coming to be able to regal at least? He was just saying, and they, they sent messages, Rabbi Dibam I've been at Sivan, so Rishon and they deal with all these kashas. But one thing is clear, a guy is not allowed to eat carbon Pesach. So this whole story in Pesach and Pechaz is about a Jewish king 
And it's not necessarily, and it doesn't say, oh, if he's a Jewish king who's one of those Rishay, uh, you know, Mal, Mal, the, the, the Malchai Yisrael who were Rishayim, who were doing Abel Dazar, and who knows what, that's, that's when you're allowed to do this. No, cross the board. Where's the Bikuach Nefesh? Keeping the king happy. It's important. Third Raya, he says, Sanhedrin Davchavav. That they allowed Avodas Hakarka during Shemitah in order to pay the taxes that the king was coming around to, uh, to collect. And the reason Tosos explains over there, they allow, even in this mission Pikuach Nefesh. What's the Pikuach Nefesh? King is going to come and he's going to ask for his tax. We're not going to have what to pay. So people will be mazed. They'll get arrested and they'll die in jail. Pikuach Nefesh. Maybe enough will grow, we'll have what to pay. Maybe the king will be understanding. We'll tell him, look, you know, we're all starving. This is Shemitah. This is the mysterious nefesh of a Jew. Pikuach nefesh. So three makaros. Where you see, pikuach nefesh is not defined so narrowly. It's defined very, very broadly. Aren't all these riots kind of against the Medjidah? Why? Right. So what 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 he's trying to suggest, I think, is that we misunderstood the Nodibud, is that the way the Chazanish was mevayr is really what the Nodibud meant. That if there's an ongoing constant issue. So I think when you're dealing on the level of Malchus, that would qualify as an ongoing constant issue. That things are so fragile, things are so volatile when it comes to Malchus and keeping Shalom in a, in a Medina, that, that keeping Shalom Malchus is, is considered an ongoing issue. Well, he doesn't spell that out, but that's, that's what I'm assuming. Well, the first Right, right. But I think when you're dealing with Malthus, when you're dealing with government, we always assume just the way the world works, that it's an ongoing issue, that it's always viewed as an ongoing issue. But we even have Bechil Shabbos. You know, these are other Yisurim. We even have Bechil Shabbos. The Gemara in Yuma, the Gemara tells us that if you have to be Bechil Shabbos, should be Korach Nefesh. So, should you get a guy to do it for you? No. Al Yudei Gedole Yisrael. You do it, don't get a guy, don't get a katan, al yidei gedole Yisrael. What does it mean, al yidei gedole Yisrael? So, it really just means people over bar mitzvah, right? You should, you should do it, al yidei people who are fully obligated in mitzvahs, let them do it. Ask the Rishonim, the Ran, the Rush, if there's a guy there, there's a katan there, and the guy or the katan can do it, why would you have gedole Yisrael do it? Says the Rosh, Because what's going to happen next time when there isn't a katan or a guy around? You're going to go around looking, knocking on doors, looking for a katan and a guy, instead of time is of the essence, dealing with the issue. So even though we have a din machil and also a kalakal trilo, when you have to violate an issue, you violate the lesser issue first, but if there has to be chul is done, the Dole Yisrael, because we're afraid what's going to be next time. So again, what do you mean what's going to be next time? I don't even know who's going to be sick next time. There's no Chol of the next time. But apparently that's Mutter. Um, now, the, uh, it's hard to compare that, because in, over there it's talking about there's a Chola right here, right now, that needs to be treated. So the Dole Yisrael that are doing it, are, meaning it is a heterpikoach nefesh that you have right now. 
It's just that there's an, the, we allow it to be done al day Jewish people rather than al a guy because of a future pikuach nefesh also. But when you're doing this maisa right now, it is a maisa of pikuach nefesh. As opposed to the case in the South African hospital, right now it's not a maisa pikuach nefesh at all. You're just getting trained and you're being machal shabbos. So it could be a little bit, a little bit different. But at the end of the day, Rav Ashwais concludes this chuba by saying, I think it should be mutter to get the training because the community needs it. The community needs paramedics who are going to be able to respond to calls. It's an ongoing situation that there are always emergencies. But then he concludes with such, such wisdom. He says, My knees are rattling against each other in fear. He says, to be matir chil Shabbos when there's no immediate pikuach nefesh, I'm terrified. Now, this is not a man who scares easily. If you know anything about uh, Rav Asher's confidence in Psak, he says it's scary. And he adds three points. He says, Choshesh ani ma'od shlonucha ligdor gedar velamod beparetz velacht velitchom tchum barur guvul musuyam lahetrezeh he says, I'm afraid of slippery slope over here. That if we call this Pikuach Nefesh, what else are people going to call Pikuach Nefesh? Second, he says, what's going to happen when a different community comes with a similar but not exactly the same problem? It's not exactly the way it is in South Africa. What if, uh, you know, in Queens or the Five Towns or, you know, New Jersey or whatever, they come with a similar thing. There's a similar law that gets passed. And they say, we need that salah. Is it really as important to have Hatzalah here as it is in South Africa? Probably not. It would need its own analysis. And I'm afraid that people are going to be Madama, one community to the other. And 30 says, I know full well in the year 2016, there's no such thing as issuing a PSAC for Johannesburg, South Africa, and that's it. Because the second a word comes out of your mouth, it's tweeted and Facebooked and whatever, and it's all over the world. And the way Pesach Halacha used to work was that a local community Rav would know the nature of his community, the problems with his community, the challenges of his community, and he would pass on something for his community. But nowadays, a Gadol Yisrael says something, and that's assumed to be the Pesach for every community, whether that Gadol Yisrael is at all familiar with the community or not. And that's dangerous. Like every year I get the, the email around Tisha time, or Yom Kippur time, Rav Yashiv Paskin say, you're not allowed to wear crocs. Shkayach. This is an old machlokas. Rav Yashiv is passing like many, many great gedolei aposkim before him that held that way. And there are many great gedolei aposkim that held otherwise. And that, that's not the kind of shayla that needs to be dealt with on the Rav Yashiv level. That should be dealt, you know, save the agunas for, you know, the, the, the things that are Yisrael worthy for him. The basic shaylas on the community level should be dealt with community Ravanim. But it's not. Ravash says, I know it's not that way. So he says, at the end of the day, what we really need is, we need a lot of government pressure, community pressure, to try to figure out if there's a way we can get this law repealed, or if there's some workaround that we could, that we could do. And, and this is often what happens in Psaq Halacha. Someone asks a Shailu Halacha, what they need is not a Psaq, what they need is an Eitzah. I think the same is true with the Shailu we started with, with the Chola and Yom Kippur. Lahalacha, can you eat to get the other guy to eat, to get the 92-year-old man to eat? Probably yes. 
Ravashi says he saw a Sefer Eitz Chaim, which is a collection of Amari Torah that came out in Amsterdam 300 years ago, where the author suggested, one of the authors suggested that maybe you're not allowed to eat because it's not direct, it's not directly saving him. But Ravashi says that's a Svara, that's as far as Kreso, that's, you don't have any Raya, that that's true, and probably you are allowed to eat. But a better Eitzah would be, see if you can get away with something else. See if someone else could, it was a guy, maybe could put on a yamuk and eat with the guy. See if uh, you could say, hey, look, there's a bird, and he'll turn around and he'll forget that it's Yom Kippur by the time he turns around again. It's, see what his situation is, try again 10 minutes later. You come up with some Eitzah, so, or, or maybe put the food in your mouth and, and spit it out when he's not looking. You know, there's, guy, there's some, some Eitzah that you, can, that you can come up with. So very often in these cases, the Eitzah is, uh, is more important than the Pesach Okay, we'll stop there.